This is Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. Wait, What? is your political recap. We'll tell you who's making news and what it means to liberals and progressives everywhere. And we'll interview the newsmakers that make it happen. So from the nation's capital, here's reporter Jimmy Zuma. And from the great state of Arizona, here's Senator Victoria Steele. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. I'm Victoria Steele in Tucson, Arizona. And I'm Jimmy Zuma in Washington, D.C. And we've got a crack up episode for you this time. Ooh, yeah. and it's sponsored by our friends at Economic and Human Dimensions Research Associates. All right. And by cracked up, we don't mean funny. No. <laughs> you won't be cracking up when you hear this. It's a cracking episode. <laughs> yeah, it's really a great episode. So let's get started. So uh, we've got the uh, the impeachment hearings uh, started right. up again this week, but we we need to go back to last was it Friday when Maria mm-hmm. Yovanovitch was was testifying. She was amazing, yes. amazing. They threw stuff at her. And, and the best part to tell you how amazing she was, was afterwards when um, Nunez, Nunez was, was saying, oh, I want to I respond. I want to respond. <laughs> Nobody was paying any attention to that boy. And right. Mar- Maria Yovanovitch got up to leave and everybody gave her a standing ovation. I don't recall that ever happening and i've been paying attention there were some republicans slinking out of the room with their head down but everybody in there and then in the gallery and in the um positions behind the uh the speakers all gave her a standing ovation of which she really deserved i mean she is the consummate Mm -hmm. professional politician and um she's not a politician well, she's a consummate professional public servant. Let me say that because you're right. She's yes. not a politician at all. She's a public servant, has served in right. many administrations. And it seems like she's just collateral damage in really, you know, what we're going to talk about today. But I do want to tell you one other thing. There's something else that happened with her after the testimony. Okay. The following night, she went to Blues Alley, which is Washington's premier jazz club. Yeah. And she also got a standing ovation when she walked in there. I saw that. I saw that on social yes. media. It was crazy. So that's just wild. You walk so, into a place and you get a standing ovation. That's just amazing. Yeah, she, in my opinion, she is an American hero. I'm not saying a note. I am not saying that she's a Democratic hero. She is an American hero. And, you know, it didn't surprise me that Trump started tweeting at her nasty crap at her while she was testifying. But he didn't do that to the men who testified the day before, the you know, a couple of days before. He didn't do that. But he feels and his his minions that that are with him seem to feel it's just fine to attack a woman. They'll destroy the woman if they possibly can, because that's collateral damage. They don't give a damn. Well, I think that's true, but I also think he's really afraid of her, that she knows much more about him than he would like anybody to know. And she knows much more about what was going on in Ukraine. Now, it may just be whispers. We're going to talk some about that today. Actually, her firing was part of a much larger conspiracy. And it kind of explains the whole thing. I mean, maybe we should just get right into it. Um 
at the beginning of the Trump administration, we were all shocked by his relationship with Vladimir Putin and by the closeness that they had and by the secret meetings without transcript that they had. And, you know, none of it just made sense from the perspective of being a United States patriot uh, and a competing country who had actually interfered in our election. We all knew that. But something was at play then. And what was at play then was the beginning rumblings of a plot. It seems like to me the AP has broken kind of some news on this. Now, what I'm telling you is piecing together news from different, different investigations. There is currently the uh, congressional investigation into Trump's uh, extortion attempt, extortion slash bribery attempt in Ukraine, which wasn't just a phone call, but went on for months and months. But there's also another investigation of the same group of principles. Now, to take you back, the primary principles in the Trump scandal are Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Mike Pompeo, Gordon Sondland, and I've moved Rick Perry from secondary to primary based on new reporting about his involvement. All of those folks are in, in bed with a guy named Lev Parnas and Igor, Fer, Igor Furman, who I'm calling Igor and Natasha, because <laughs> it's a lot easier to say and remember. And they are all people, they are soldiers of a guy named Dmitry Furtash, who is a Russian oligarch wanted in the United States for a felony. Uh, and fighting extradition. And he is known as a member, a key member of Putin's mob. So you start to put all these stories together. And what we learn is that in the Justice Department office in New York, they are investigating Furman, Parnas, and Rudy Giuliani for a scheme to take over the Ukrainian gas company. And the Ukrainian gas company is called uh, Naftogaz, and it has a close relationship with the Russian gas company, which is Gazprom. And in fact, without going too far in the weeds, Putin may have made his initial corrupt money by inserting Dmitry Firtash in the dealings between the Ukrainian gas company and the Russian gas company and using him to peel off money in those transactions. So that may have been how Putin got his start as a mobster with Dmitry Firtash. Furtash is also the one who's funding uh, Parnas's uh, campaign donations. So it's all kind of part of the same conspiracy. Now, what we learned is that those guys were involved in a scheme to depose the, the president of Naftogas and replace him with one of Rick Perry's associates. Whoa, the plot thickens. And Naftogas has already ordered after this whole thing began has already given a sweetheart deal to some of Rick Perry's primary supporters. So this is about energy. It's about buying and selling energy, profiting from energy and squeezing money out of it. And I'm sure, quite sure what happened at the very beginning. Oh, and by the way, Furman has said, was saying months before Marie Yovanovitch was fired, that she was going to be fired. And the White House has already decided to do it. And Anybody who doesn't get on board, it's just going to be tough for them. Here's your chance. We're wired to the White House, and we're going to make this happen. So you better get on board. Wow. So they just wanted her out of the way because they knew that she would not go along with it? They were trying to get, them all, get rid of all the people who are anti-corruption. And then something curious happened. Ooh. The, the people of Ukraine spoke, and they elected an anti-corruption president. Yay. 
oh, gee, this has really got to be bad news for, you know, the Putin mafia and the Trump uh, administration, people who were involved in, together in this, you know, conniving with this gas deal yeah. to depose the president, the anti-corruption president of the Ukrainian gas company. That's one of the reasons Furtash is not in the middle anymore is because this anti-corruption president of the Ukrainian gas company just didn't want it to happen. He didn't want business to be done that way. So Putin can no longer bleed off millions and millions, if not billions of dollars from these gas transactions. Now, wait, I've heard President Trump on numerous occasions insist that he never knew this Lev Parnum and, and um, Igor. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> not Tasha. So know. you're having the same problem, my kid. So let's just stick with Igor and Natasha, okay. the two mob soldiers in Putin's mafia. He says he didn't, didn't know. Under them. Putin's lieutenant, Dmitry Furtash. That's who these people are. Or they are soldiers in Putin's mafia. But what about Trump saying he didn't know it? And then suddenly all of these pictures of Trump right. with Igor and Natasha. <laughs> well, they're not only all the pictures, they're all the statements that these guys were making in the Ukraine uh, predicting things that actually happened, like the firing of Marie Ivanovich. They were telling people months before that that was the plan. And they were telling people months before in the process of trying to get the anti-corruption uh, president of Naftagas fired. So this is the big conspiracy. The, the idea of getting dirt on Biden's it's just a small part of this giant conspiracy to install, you know, and I'm sure uh, Putin said, this is how I got rich. You can get rich that way, too, yeah. intending to manipulate Trump into helping him get what he wanted, but never intending for him to be the big beneficiary of it. You know, Putin's a smart, conniving, creepy guy. Well, and we don't know how badly Trump needs the money because he's not letting anybody see his tax returns. So we don't know how badly he needs that money. I'll bet he needs it pretty badly. Well, I think he might need it pretty badly because he owes billions all around the world. But I don't know that that would matter. I think Trump would do this just because he's greedy. I mean, if he had the opportunity to use the levers of power to become sickeningly rich, you know, 100, 200, 300 billion rich um, using the government to make him be able to position himself to profit from Ukrainian, the Ukrainian gas company. I think he would do it anyway. But that's the major conspiracy. The major conspiracy is how do we get our hands, we Russia and we, the Trump mob, the Russian mob and the Trump mob, how do we get our hands on control of that Ukrainian gas company, which sells a ton of natural gas to Russia? That's how much they have. Russia is a tremendous national gas producer, but the Ukraine still sells a ton of gas to them. That's, of course, why um, Putin wants to take over Ukraine. But short of taking over Ukraine, which he hasn't been able to do because the United States stood in the way, uh, he's got this scheme going, which is to, to really to remake the scheme he had before with Dmitry Firtash where he got a cut of every transaction, every purchase Russia made from Ukraine, he got a cut of it through a middleman. And this whole thing about Biden, this is just a, a small part of a giant conspiracy to take over control of a, a country through corruption, basically. You know, the primary way Ukraine makes money is through its sale of natural gas and, and energy resources. So if you can take over that, 
then you basically are the mobster who owns the country. And I think that's what Trump intended to do. Did I hear correctly that, um, and I, I try to listen to a wide variety of sources, but quite often I'm in my car when I do so. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure where this one came from or, or if it's legit. So you can tell me if there was anything to it. But I, I had heard that, that Lev Parnum, basically Igor and Natasha, <laughs> <laughs> these two clowns, um, really had a, a company set up as a front, a liquid gas, natural gas company right. that was really actually a front. It wasn't a real business. It was set up so that they could funnel money to um, Trump's political allies or whatever. Right. It was, was, it was right? set up to make illegal campaign donations. The company had no assets, no activities, and no operations, but it gave $350,000 to a Trump PAC. So, and that money isn't, these guys don't have that money. They're, you know, it's hard to tell what they, and, you know, this, this is a guy who started a fraud company called Fraud Guarantee for the specific <laughs> pur uh, purpose of um, making it unclear that if you've Googled his name, fraud would come up. <laughs> the just, word fraud would come up because he's a fraudster. That's crazy. How yeah. stupid are they? I'm sorry. They, that's just stupid. Well, it is Seriously. stupid, but the people at the top of it, not these guys. These guys are like the stooges. Yeah. Um, these guys, and I would say Trump to an extent is a stooge. Um, these guys, and, and who knows which side Giuliani's on. Giuliani seems like he's working directly for Putin these days. Yeah, it does. Now, when he says he's Trump's lawyer and he's only been operating as Trump's lawyer, what if the explanation for that is Trump directed him to take over the gas company? And as his lawyer, he's trying to take over the gas company. Is that what's wow. going on here? Or wow. is, is Giuliani taking orders directly from uh, Dmitry Firtash, who's taking orders directly yeah. from Vladimir Putin? Okay. Well, and 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 we I want to go back and talk some more about today's hearings. Um, well, testimony. before we do that, let's hear a word from our fine sponsor. What if we as human beings on this planet were able to create jobs and prosperity by going green? That is by being economically and environmentally wiser in our use of energy and resources. Could it be done? Why, yes. That's what our friends at Economic and Human Dimensions Research Associates specialize in. Whether for the World Bank, European nations, or for states and counties here in the U.S., they specialize in assessing and promoting ways to increase local jobs and prosperity through greater energy and resource productivity. Contact Economic and Human Dimensions Research Associates at theresourceimperative.com. All one word, theresourceimperative.com. Man, I love those guys. You should check them out. Check out their website. They're doing really important work, and we're happy to have them on board as a sponsor. Yes. It's well known in the energy community, Skip. Leitner, is, uh, he's a cool dude. We have to have him on the show sometime soon. Okay. He's pretty smart. Um, let's, let's go back to this week's hearing. Um, so what, what are we... We've got um, Vintner and Jennifer, what's her name? Uh, uh, Jennifer Williams. On Yeah, uh, she works for Mike Pence's office. So mm -hmm. they are on the stand today. What right. has been a crazy thing to me is to hear uh, Nunes 
and Jim Jordan through this whole process, they have their own, you know, I thought it was just a stupid slip up when, when, um, Pence or when Trump's, um, uh, press spokesperson, what's her name? Not, not press spokesperson, but, uh, the, the blonde the woman from Arizona. Oh, no, you're talking no. about Kellyanne Conway. Yes, yes. When Kellyanne Conway said early on that that um, she, when she said something about alternative facts, <laughs> and they are making up crap. They just right. are. They're just right. making it up and stating it in these things as though it is fact. And I think Schiff is doing, uh, you know, it, an incredible job as as the heading up of this committee, but um, keeping them in line. So that they don't be, they are trying with every utterance to enter alternative facts into things that are just simply not true. And they say them as though they are true. And it's, it's their way of obfuscating. Right. Well, and Devin Nunes today is, is referring people to a um, opinion writer at The Hill, which is a conservative publication mm-hmm. uh, that has been outed as a liar. And The Hill is currently investigating all of his columns and has announced that they are investigating all of his columns to see which ones contain lies. Um, so, and Devin Nunes is going and saying, you should go see what this guy wrote. But this guy is a fraudster. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's, that's too funny. Their, their whole goal is to get people to not read the Washington Post, the New York Times, Politico, um, any reputable source of news, and to stick with these liars and thieves. Right, right. <laughs> and that's, that was the, Nunes' goal today was to get you to believe that no legitimate reporting source is legitimate. And the only ones that are legitimate are the ones that even their conservative outlet has labeled as fraudulent. So my watching today of the the committee hearing has been hit and miss. It's been as I'm in the car, as I'm you know getting ready. And you watching uh, TV in the car again? No, <laughs> <laughs> but I am listening. You legislators think you can do anything on the highway, don't Nuh-uh. you? <laughs> <laughs> uh But I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. I, mean, I, I listen to, uh, basically, I listen to NPR in the car. And then uh, I try to watch on on cable and I try to read as much as possible and so that I can keep up on this. And and it's just it's just been fascinating. So, okay, I, I've got some, some logistical sort of tactical stuff. What happens next? We've got nine people scheduled to be in the hearings, public hearings this week. Is that correct? That's right. For today, Jennifer Williams, Alexander Vindeman, and then this afternoon, Kurt Volker, who probably has some explaining to do himself about deceptive testimony that he may have given to Congress, and Tim Morrison, who's a former White House aide with the National Security Council. And they are trying so hard to to make him sound less credible. The Republicans are trying to make him sound right. less credible already. Yeah, they're already pre-budding Tim Morrison, which means he should be a really good witness. Yeah. It should be juicy. <laughs> so they've got all these juicy people coming up to that's juicy just, testimony. That's just today. Tomorrow is Gordon Sondland, who's a key Ooh. conspirator. He's oh on my God. key conspirator list. Hey, where where is where where is Fiona Hill when she coming up? Fiona Hill comes. 
what is today? Tuesday, Thursday. She's the only person currently scheduled on Thursday, but I understand they have added someone else. I just can't remember who. Okay. All right. So there should be so two people on Thursday too. After this week's testimony, do you expect there will be any further testimonies? Public testimony? Yes and no. Here's the problem. Yeah. I think that that um, House uh, leaders only expected to have two or three people testify out of their closed hearings. They were going to interview five or six mm -hmm. and two or three would testify in open hearings. But they keep getting these really revealing witnesses that fall in their lap. Mm -hmm. I mean, once the dam was broken at the State Department, people are coming forward to, to honor their subpoenas and uh, testify before Congress. So, you know, if any other big fact witnesses come forward, yes, they'll put them up. But I expect that we're seeing most of what we're going to see last week and this week. And at the end of this week, after Fiona Hill testifies and whoever that is they put on behind her, that will be done with Okay. That. And then the deliberations start. The committee deliberations start next week. Of course, nothing happens to get it out of committee before Thanksgiving. Uh, and the Thanksgiving recess also starts right away. Okay. So do you think that House will make its decision before Christmas or before Thanksgiving? Sometime in December. I would say okay. not long before Christmas, but before the Christmas reason. I would say if I were to pick a date, I would say December 10th. I don't even right. know if that's a Sunday just, or just not, but just there. picking a date out of the wind, December 10th. I'm going to be in DC 15th. then. So I will bring my, my microphone because we're going to be talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're at the, you're at the NOW convention then, huh? No, National no, no. It'll be Planned Parenthood. Oh, Planned Parenthood. Yeah. This time you it's Planned Parenthood. I do. When it comes to I women's do. issues, you get around. <laughs> right, I do. <laughs> this is important <laughs> stuff. Yes. All right. So, okay. So, what do you think the chances are that the House will vote to impeach? A hundred percent. Okay. The question is how many Republicans might join. And it may be none, but... yeah. If anybody's listening to the testimony and is a true American patriot, it's going to be a few. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I, I, I just, I, I'm thinking that people are looking around now. Republicans are looking around, going, "Okay, historically, Richard Nixon was the only one who didn't go to jail. All of those surrounding him went to jail." Um, right. Do I? At what? point do I want to separate myself from this so that I don't go to jail? They're going to be asking their, they're asking that question now. Which brings us back to Gordon Sondland, mm -hmm. who is a rich guy in the energy industry, oddly enough, who are in real estate. I'm sorry, that's not right. He's in real estate. He's the current U.S. ambassador to the European Union. He's been on our list yours and my list of key conspirators for a long time. He's testified before Congress once, uh, been found to be lying and had to go back and quote unquote, revise his testimony once. And he's going to have to do some more explaining. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, additional details have emerged that uh, our buddy Gordon is full of it. Gordon, now, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> he can either be a rich guy or he can, you know, potentially go to jail. I mean, that's the situation he's in. Yeah. Because he is guilty of a crime now. He's guilty yeah. of perjury. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, perjury to Congress is not something you escape jail time for. It's just not. Yeah. You, you pretty much have to do, do the time. Now, he may get a pardon, but still, that's a, you know, a pardon is not an exoneration. What type of pardon is, is an 
impeached president going to be able to offer for some of these folks? Right. Well, I don't think, you know, I think that uh, Trump um, is going to, you know, give some pardons on the way out the door. I expect Roger Stone, who was convicted this week of lying to Congress. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about that. So, so Roger Stone was convicted in New York. And so what, what does all that mean? They let him go. Yeah. Well, only before his sentencing. I mean, he wasn't convicted of a violent crime, so that's how it works. Yeah. But he's got a lot of money. He could just go away. Yeah. He could find a way. Easy. I mean, that's possible. That's possible. You have to go pretty far to get away from the United States and its tentacles these days. Yeah. And he's pretty recognizable. Right. And he's able to skate out of trouble. This is a guy who has a, a huge tattoo of Richard Nixon's face on his back. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I wonder where he's going to put Trump's tattoo. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't want to know that. I don't. There are answer. already cartoons, to, you know that that <laughs> oh uh, that uh, tell you the answer to that, and it's not a place we normally like to look at. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to think about that. Okay, sorry. So he was convicted of lying to Congress. Now, what he was convicted of lying about was key to the. Uh, conspiracy to rig the election. He was convicted of lying about whether or not he had contacts with WikiLeaks and coordinated WikiLeaks and the Trump campaign during the election. That's what he was convicted of. Wow. Interesting. And in fact, he did have ties to WikiLeaks and he did coordinate with the Trump campaign yep. during the election. And that's what he was convicted of. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, okay. So let's go, let's go back then to, and I'm sorry to make you jump all over the place like this, but these, these it's thoughts are not coming you, up, it's so the I've, news. <laughs> I've got, yes, oh my God, things are just popping up all over the place. The, the Republicans must feel like they're playing whack-a-mole. <laughs> this is, this is the just, hardest it's ever been in my entire life to cover political news. There's so much amazing. going on on so many levels. And then this addition of the whole gas conspiracy, adding yeah. that layer on top of it, it's just so much to to sort and, out. So that's what we try and, and you do. You started talking to me about this gas conspiracy thing a while ago. And now other people are reporting on the same thing. AP has done some really good reporting on this. It was actually uh, the Associated Press reporting that I put together with the um, reporting on the Ukraine situation. And when you put mm-hmm. all those facts together, that's what they weave. They yeah. weave that this is all one big conspiracy and the aim of which is to take control of the Ukrainian gas company. So the impeachment hearing will wrap up and they will have a vote early to mid-December. That's what you're thinking. All right. Mm-hmm. So now, Mitch McConnell has been stopping everything at the Senate. If, if, if it's something that Trump won't like, it gets stopped. It doesn't go any further. It sits there and grows mold. So what about this? Will he do that and, and not allow the, the trial to go forward in the Senate? Well, interestingly enough, as you ask, uh, the original plan was to just dismiss it when it got to the um, to the Senate. They only need yeah. 51 votes in a Senate of 53 Republican senators to dismiss it. So the original plan was to have it referred there, dismiss it by vote, and have everyone just go home without considering the impeachment evidence. Mm-hmm. But what they found out is they did not have 51 Republicans who were going to vote for dismissal. Really? Yes. And soon after that, as soon after that vote counting, uh, Mitch McConnell came out and said, we have to have a whole trial and it's going to take up a lot of time. 
And um, <laughs> there's no choice. If they send us an impeachment referral, those feckless, you know, people from the House of Representatives, those, yes. those uh, criminal conspirators in the House of Representatives, if they send us an impeachment referral, we are obligated to have a trial. Mm-hmm. What he really means by that is he can't stop a trial because he doesn't control 51 Republicans who will vote to stop it. What is, what would you say at this stage of the game are the odds of um, getting a, an impeachment vote to remove the president in the Senate? Mm, slim. I would, I would still say slim, although better. You know, it's becoming more and more apparent. Now, this is what happened in Watergate, too. It was no way, no way, no way, no way. And then a secret walk up to the White House saying, if we vote on impeachment, you will lose. So you better resign. You know, once the dam cracks and there's another development happening, which is we just saw Trump uh, lose two Republican governorships he had he had campaigned heavily for. Yes. Now, that follows on the 2018 election, follows on a bunch of other interim Democratic victories, uh, among which is the first Hispanic mayor of uh, Tucson, Hispanic woman mayor of That's Tucson. Right. There was actually a man, I understand, back in 1876 or something. Yes. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, the Democratic victories all around the country between the 2018 route where Democrats routed. And Virginia uh, just swept. Virginia just turned completely, you know, the, both the House and the Senate and the governorship are, are blue now. The, all of those victories together are making Republicans at least start to question whether hanging on to Trump is the right thing for them. Now, Trump didn't get any of the governorships he campaigned for. He actually went there and begged his people to, to, to vote for those governors so he wouldn't look bad, which I thought was, and, you know, really a look inside of the Trump psyche. <laughs> And it's interesting that Jeff Sessions is now running for Senate right. in, in uh, what is it, Georgia? Atlanta, Georgia? No. Yeah, that's a, no, not Georgia. Um, you know, one of those southern states that I try and stay yeah, out whatever. of. whatever, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just avoid, like, the plague. Poor you guys. know, the same one he came from. Yeah, um, but, but he has put his, I saw one of his um, campaign ads, his his video campaign ads that's on, on television, and it is showing him um, just talking about how wonderful Donald Trump is. So, Which is interesting because Trump is actively campaigning against him now, which shows you that Trump's emotions are more powerful than his intelligence. Because the best thing he can do is get Jeff Sessions back in Congress. But he's going for Roy Moore, who was, you know. Yeah. I hope trying that, to date teenage you know, girls. I hope that Roy Moore the wins the primary because Roy Moore lost the election last time on being Roy Moore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. All right. So, all right. So what, what do you think is going to happen um, if, if he if Alabama, it's Alabama. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. I know it was one of them. Yeah. So, um, if Trump is not impeached by the Senate, if he's if the Senate does not vote, is it all for loss? Not at all. I mean, not at all. I think that that the revealing of this evidence um, is it's clear to help voters make up their mind. They believe this evidence, or they believe the claims of of a, a group of conspirators who we now know were engaged in a broad conspiracy to 
uh, for personal profit, using the levers of uh, the U.S. government for personal profit. I think it draws a clear, bright line between Trump and his opponent. It draws a clear, bright line, whoever that is, draws a clear, bright line between Republican ethics and Democratic ethics, Republican lack of ethics and Democratic ethics. I think it clarifies for voters that they need to pick a side and which side to pick. So I think that it really uh, eliminates any possibility that Anybody's going to vote for Trump just based on the idea that he might be okay or he might be better. He has no benefit of the doubt left after this. But he is saying that after this, when he's not removed from office, he will say, so it was another con job. It was another um, whatever, that mm-hmm. that he's innocent. He has been proven innocent and that he will use that to stay in office. What do you think? Think I think work? he'll say that. I think I, I don't expect that to. I, I think every time you say that, it sways fewer and fewer people. Yeah. And I think that in this case, he doesn't have a lot of political capital yet. Now, here's a man who went to the hospital on Saturday, hasn't been seen since. And really, yeah, his, how did um, I miss that? I don't know. He went God. to Walter Reed unexpectedly on Saturday and hasn't made a public appearance since. Okay, that's what I saw. I saw somebody on Twitter saying. The, the dude has a, a drug addiction. He's got an, an addiction to amphetamines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what she was talking about, but what, okay. So say more about this. Well, we don't, we don't know, but the point of what I'm saying about this is nobody takes him at his word on this. He has lost all political capital for honesty. Huh. People yeah. just assume he's not being honest anymore. Yeah. The assumption, the go-to assumption is he's lying. The go-to assumption is that he's lying now. So just making a claim has a lot less power than it might have had back when you were trading on the goodwill of your TV show. (laughs) Right. And, and the, the, um, you know, it would be so much fun for someone to like Adam Schiff or Nancy Pelosi to say, Donald Trump, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) I would just be the sweetest way to close the book. Right. And here's the other thing that's going to happen. I expect that um, uh, Furman or Lev Parnas, who is already talking to, oh no, it's Igor Furman is already talking to the attorneys in the um, district for the district attorney, U.S. attorney for New York, Hmm. uh, Southern District. He's already talking to them. He's already trying to make a plea deal. Are those the folks that just just, uh, got a a guilty plea on on, uh, Stone? Yes. The same people, Roger Stone. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and they are also, um, I expect Gordon Sondland to roll over. I expect him to make a deal to yeah. avoid prosecution. So those are insiders. And who knows what they have to say, but they know what I know now. You know, they know about the big conspiracy. Wow. Curiouser and curiouser. This is a juicy story and it changes every day. And I don't it's know if they so can hard. Epstein all these guys. i still do not think epstein killed himself yeah yeah there were a lot of people with you on that you know i don't know that he didn't i don't know that he didn't but i definitely know that the people he could harm are capable of making it happen so take that for what you will you can't say with certainty that he wasn't murdered i agree anyway that's a that's a, a story for another day 
Okay. And we promised everybody that we would be doing the Democratic presidential primary. Right. Um, and uh, there's just not time. There's just not time. Right. So, well, I can do it real quickly. There's going to be another debate tomorrow. We got 10 people. There'll be a bunch of people, 10 people on the stage still. Okay. And it won't move the needle much because what we've learned from all of these debates is with the exception of um, Kamala Harris's bump, Kamala Harris's bump from attacking Joe Biden, nothing in any of these these debates has moved the needle with voters. So I expect this to be another non-event. I'm watching it because that's what I do. And I'm hoping something (laughs) good happens, something good comes out of it. Yeah, me too. Um, But I don't really expect these, these debates have proven to be in terms of voters making up their mind, they've proven to be useless. Yeah, pretty much. That's where we are with that. All right. Well, I hope something fantastic and wonderful happens in in this next debate uh, tomorrow, right? It's tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, Wednesday night. Oh, the the, the one notable thing about it, though, is the first time in history where there's an all-female moderating panel. Oh, that's right. MSNBC is is airing it. And it's in uh, Georgia. Is it? Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Pretty sure. And it, and it starts at, is it 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time? That or would 9 be a.m. 9, 9 p.m. p.m. Eastern, Eastern Time is when they usually start. Yeah. Okay. All right. I haven't even been to tell you the truth. I didn't, I didn't even pull up the details for this show. That's how I did. action-packed <laughs> everything else was. <laughs> I did. I didn't want to appear to be a dummy. <laughs> so going forward, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want okay. you to make time tomorrow to hear Gordon Sondland starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. And then you can watch um, if you want the afternoon session that day, but also make time at 9 a.m. on Thursday to watch Fiona Hill. Those are the two to watch. Mm, those should that's be where the action will be. There All are right. also hearings this afternoon, hearings tomorrow afternoon. And I think there's now a hearing on Thursday in the afternoon, although I can't tell you who. So is that, is that, do you think we, we have uh, uh, covered it well enough at this point today? Yes, I do. All right. Well, I'll leave you with this. Don't up. miss Fiona Hill. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. In okay. Sondland tomorrow. Okay. Yes. That wraps up this week's fix of progressive politics from Wait What? We will keep an eye out for stories that we just have to share with you next time. We'll, we'll be talking more about the, the impeachment hearings, the inquiry, and as far as, oh, and the Democratic presidential debate, which may or may not right. yield anything. And the vast conspiracy to take over control of Ukraine through its gas company. We'll cover it all. All right. And don't forget to subscribe to Wait What? We have 47 states and 10 countries. Have 12. All, 12? We got 12 yeah, now? Including Cameroon. Yay. Yay. Now, we have 47 states. But, hey, I got to know. What's up with you, Idaho? <laughs> My son Alabama. lives there. Come on. <laughs> Come on, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing Let's get out. with the program. <laughs> so listen, su- subscribe, send us an email, tip line at waitwhat.media, and we will see you next time. All right. Bye, Jimmy. Bye, Victoria. And bye to you. Well, that's it for today's show. If you find yourself saying, wait, what? Don't worry, we'll be back next week. Subscribe to Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steel on your favorite podcast app or visit waitwhat.media. 
and try out our quick takes. So here's the thing, commentary from Victoria Steele and the ZOP topical explainers from Jimmy Zuma. I'm Monica Price.